You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you on this Friday, a game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans finally get back on the court, taking on the Toronto Raptors. We'll preview that game in the third segment for you. First segment, we got some injury updates. Zion Williamson spoke yesterday at practice. Is his return going to be this month? or more likely not. We'll give you an update on that, as well as Derek Favors and, surprisingly, Lonzo Ball on the injury report as well. Then in the second segment, it's a Friday, we're going to have some fun because the people over at the NBA subreddit uh, forum, whatever it's at, the just NBA subreddit, had a lot of fun finding out some really good info on James Harden. Is this a way to gain a competitive advantage? If you haven't heard it or seen it yet, I'll tell you what that is as well in today's edition of Locked On. Pelicans. So we have some injury updates. The Pelicans having three days off since their last game and then the game tonight. We could kind of get a better idea of how some of these players are progressing. And I know you all want to know about Zion and we'll talk about him. But first, let's focus on Derek Favors, who might be a little bit more impactful, at least right now, since Zion isn't going to potentially play in this game against the Toronto Raptors. But Favors is, he said he's not 100% healthy just yet, still dealing with knee soreness, but went through basically all of the practices this week. Should be good. Good to go. Whether he's going to be starting or coming off the bench remains to be seen. Came off the bench on Monday against the Nets and was largely ineffective during that time. They need him out there because maybe it means they don't need to keep a guard or a wing down there in the paint and you can let him do it a little bit more. Remains to be seen, but we'll see if he's going to be feeling a little bit better and if his rough start to the year that he's had, for the most part, there have been some good flashes. It's just due to him being banged up and injured. A bit of a surprise over the past couple days has been Lonzo Ball held out of practice the past two days uh, with an abductor strain. The team is calling it precautionary. Um, Alvin Gentry said that if it was the playoffs, he would have been practicing. He'd be out there. He is probable for the game. Questionable, though, is J.J. Redick, who's also dealing with some knee soreness, uh, pretty similar to Derek Favors. He's listed as questionable for the game. We don't know if the Pelicans sharpshooter will be in on this one. A lot of injuries going on early in the season. This is where you're truly going to get the test of Aaron Nelson and the rest of the training staff, the medical staff, getting these guys back healthy quickly and hopefully preventing this type of stuff in the future. It's a hot topic in the NBA right now with load management and Kawhi Leonard. And basically Kawhi Leonard is healthy, but everyone's kind of pretending he's got a long-term injury that he needs to be rested for. And then Doc Rivers got fined 50 grand by the NBA for not going along with the lie. Whole thing was really, really weird. And you can kind of see the importance of this though, particularly when you have a guy like uh, David Fisdale over there in New York, their head coach saying he's going to play his new rookie, uh, RJ Barrett, constantly 40 plus minutes if he needs to and isn't caring about rest 
It's an interesting way to kind of look at this, but the Pelicans bringing guys along slowly, being precautionary and holding them out, probably only a good thing. Zion did speak at practice too, got a bit of an update there. It is not looking like he is going to play in December, and it's still open-ended on when he would return. The Pelicans' original time frame of six to eight weeks between you know, puts him right around mid-December, so wouldn't be shocked if it lasts a little bit longer than that. Again, they're no rush to get him on the court and want to do what's right by him and give him the most rest as possible to be fully healthy in hopes that something else doesn't happen. You know, we saw it with Kawhi Leonard where he was dealing with an injury um, going into last season and overcompensated for that and ended up hurting his left leg, which is what they're saying is keeping him out right now for the Clippers. The opposite leg. You want to avoid a situation like that entirely here in New Orleans with this prized rookie in Zion Williamson. Him getting rushed back onto the court just to get him on the court and maybe chase one or two wins isn't worth it what it could do to the long-term potential something that could leak into next season. Again, load management, rest, all of that big topics in the NBA. I think the Pelicans are going to be smart, do what's right by their prized rookie, the future of the franchise, and take this really, really slowly and just be as precautionary as possible. So Zion, don't expect to see anytime soon, but we at least will get a Derek Favors healthy back soon. Not 100%, but hopefully very soon from here on out. And then we'll see about Lonzo Ball what's really going on there but it sounds like as of now he's expected to play in the game tonight so you all know I'm big on analytics when it comes to the NBA well the people or one person over at the NBA subreddit did better analytics than maybe anyone on the planet it's fantastic we're going to talk about it it is really really great before we do that though today's show brought to you by mybookie.ag it's my favorite time of year you've got college basketball college football still going on we have a huge game this weekend the Saints are going to beat the Falcons on Sunday and it's NBA season. We love all of this. Plus, the weather is finally starting to cool off a little bit here in New Orleans, meaning it's fall and it's definitely got a feel to it. And the best way to stay in touch with everything is to get in the game. Show you're smarter than everyone else. Show that you just know what you're talking about. If you want to bet on any of these sports, mybookie.ag is absolutely the way to do it. Get in on the action, feel a part of the action, and have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. Whether you're taking the favorites or the underdog which is LSU this weekend, no one's taking the Falcons, and you know who's going to win or you've just got a special feeling, mybookie.ag can make it happen. If you want to go for those bigger payouts with a parlay, taking multiple bets on and hitting all of them for that big, massive payout, they can help you with that too. And either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more uh, ways to win. And now, if you uh, go to mybookie.ag, they will double your first deposit. That is free money for you right there. It's like winning a bet already. Free money if you use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So I love analytics in basketball. You all know this, some of the advanced stats. And teams use these things to help get a competitive edge. And is there another way you can get a competitive edge? I guess when you're playing the Houston Rockets and in James Harden in particular. Over at the NBA subreddit, they had a lot of fun. And the title of the post is, I analyzed James Harden's performance in every NBA city to see if there's a correlation between his box score and the city's average strip club rating. 
Yes, you heard that right. James Harden apparently really likes going to strip clubs and people were wondering, or I guess this one guy was wondering, does that kind of nightlife have a negative impact on his performance the next day? The Houston Rockets got smoked by Miami the other day after having a night off in South Beach. They call it the South Beach flu for a reason the next day and it showed up there and I guess that kind of prompted everything. So they did a test and really had a a solid uh, mythology on here in trying to methodology there we go and trying to figure this out so they took out all of James they took all of James Harden's road games over the past I don't know couple of seasons and filtered out when he wasn't playing and things like that then they kind of determined if he had a good game or a bad game based off of his season career averages I don't quite know and kind of figured out okay there's two tiers there's a subpar game and then a very subpar game where his numbers are basically 20% lower And then they analyzed his poor performances across each of the NBA's 28 cities, not looking at Houston and there's two teams in LA and apparently they divided up New York and then had to determine a strip club rating, meaning they went to Google and typed in Detroit strip clubs and then pulled the average strip club rating from the first couple, the first 10 strip clubs that they found. And I guess created some, you know, popped this all into Excel, pivot tables, all of that stuff, and came to a conclusion. And I'm going to read it for you guys because it's really great. I have proven to a statistically significant degree that James Harden's game performance declines in cities with higher rated strip clubs. There is a strong correlation between the two things they've said. And they said it's a moderate to strong correlation. Um, And it says that James Harden's box score is about 20% predictable based on the quality of a city's strip clubs. Other interesting facts, James Harden's best performance comes in the city with the worst strip clubs, Toronto. Harden's worst performance comes in the city with the best strip clubs, Miami. And for whatever reason, Salt Lake City has the third highest ranked strip clubs of all of them in the NBA cities. I don't know where New Orleans is on this. I didn't care to even look that much. And frankly, I'm not a strip club guy really at all. But this is pretty funny. If you're looking to gain a competitive advantage, this is maybe something that small market owners might want to invest in, putting strip clubs around all the five-star hotels in their city in hopes that maybe the NBA players in general just go out. I can't imagine this is just something only suited to James Harden. But interesting data work, interesting, I don't know, internet sleuthing on all of this to find out that Harden is worse when there are good strip clubs around him. I, you know, you'll have to tell me if New Orleans has good ones or not. I don't think it's really going to matter because there's enough nightlife here, I think, to get NBA players in some trouble. But interesting just to kind of see, and it's a Friday, we need to laugh. This is just unbelievable detective work. And I wonder what else you could kind of not necessarily apply it to with strip clubs. What other vices do maybe some players have that you could find out if you get a competitive advantage by having, I don't know, higher quality ones of whatever those vices are. Anyway, interesting note. Go check this out. It's over at the NBA subreddit. It's probably all over the news if you just Google James Harden. It's a pretty funny and interesting thing and just a weird quirk of the NBA season. So we'll get to tonight's game in just a moment, but today's show of Locked On NBA also brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. 
So it's game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Toronto Raptors, a rematch from opening night, a game where the Pelicans really had a chance to win before really faltering down the stretch, letting it get to overtime, and then doing a whole lot of nothing there. They saw a whole lot of Fred Van Vliet in that game and Pascal Siakam. I think you'll probably see another big Siakam game, hopefully not for Fred Van Vliet, who got really hot from deep, but we've seen the Pelicans give up a lot of open three-pointers. You might see another big game for him. Toronto's 5-2, pretty good team still. They do play sloppy basketball at times when you watch them turning the ball over. And if they do that in this one, New Orleans is going to have a chance. They want to get out and run. They want to play their style. We know how good they can be in transition when they get those transition opportunities. And they'll be able to put up some points that way, but they also need Toronto to shoot themselves in the foot, hopefully, because, well, the defense is still pretty bad, and we've talked about it the past couple of days. So anything that ends a Toronto possession, whether it's a defensive rebounding, whether it's a turnover, is only going to be a good thing here. Toronto's not, though, a good offensive rebounding team, so if the Pelicans give up a lot of second-chance points early on, they could be in some trouble in this one. They should not be giving those up to Toronto. There, we'll see about the defensive scheme if they simplify it a little bit, maybe they go a little bit more conservative, less aggressive to help with some of the rebounding because that has been a huge Achilles heel for this team. As we all know, Kyle Lowry is going to be good in this one. He kind of always is having a big season for Toronto. So you need to see Drew Holiday fighting through those screens. Hopefully Lonzo Ball will be playing, able to do so as well. That seems to be a real big problem for New Orleans, even though the screen assist numbers don't really show it. But on certain possessions, it really does stand out. This is also going to be a good test to see who guards Pascal Siakam. If you have Derek Favors in there, a little bit easier. If not, though, it's going to be Brandon Ingram, who's been pretty serviceable on the defensive side of the ball all year but you don't want to kind of have to have him forced into that and you'd like a little bit more help there it's probably the key to this one does pascal have a huge game does fred van vliet have a huge game and can you somewhat limit uh kyle lowry but this toronto team's still pretty good new orleans needs to mix some things up we could keep talking about this one all night but I don't know if it's going to matter much because we just don't know what we're going to see from New Orleans. And that's why we've got to watch the game. So that's a good place to stop it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday.